and welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we rewatch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy. Today we'll be discussing American Beauty, which was released in the US on the 1st of October 1999, and in the UK and Ireland on the 4th of February 2000. It was written by Alan Ball and directed by Sam Mendes. It stars Annette Benning, Flora Birch, Mina Savari, Chris Cooper, Wes Bentley, Scott Bakula, Peter Gallagher, Alison Jenny... Sam Robards, John Cho. I don't think I've missed anyone of importance there. John Cho. I don't, okay. I don't think I've missed anyone important in that. Okay. <laughs> there should be. That's one of my problems. There should be more John Cho. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if that's if, if that's truly one of your problems, it's this not. is going to be a strange episode. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy and I have thought of problems the movie has three each, and we'll discuss them. We have also thought of one positive. Yeah. So, we have feedback, Jen. People actually sent us emails and stuff. Woo! Yay! I've never done this before. I'm so excited. (laughs) The first one is from Milo. And he says, Hi, folks. I've been enjoying the show, and it's a bonus to hear the next episode reveal at the same time as the hosts, as one of the hosts. (laughs) It's fun to hear the reaction, especially when it's Jen reacting to something like Temple of Doom. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I would email in to recommend some movies you might quote-unquote enjoy or at least find a few problems with, and it gave us a list of James Bond movies. <laughs> so, I've only ever seen one James Bond movie. Yeah, I didn't... I mean, I watched a lot when I was younger, but there was... We could do Live and Let Die because that's the one I watched a lot as a kid, and that is the racist one. So we could do Live and Let Die, um, or a couple of the Brosnan ones because I watched them. Um, any fat suit movie? He also said, "Any movie with someone in a fat suit." Shallow how? Yep. Uh, he says Spider Man Three, but that's out of a remit, mate. That's that's like two thousand and four or some shit. So two thousand and seven. We yeah. can't cover that. Anyway, keep up the good work, and we'll keep listening. Thanks for your time, Milo. Uh, yeah, James Bond movies. I've seen some when I was a kid, but the only one I could really talk to is Live and Let Die. I saw the first Daniel Craig. Right. Which is a remake. That's, that's it. Uh, and my, my grandpa's name was James Bond, and he hated James Bond. All right. Okay. That's cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One time he was getting a, a new license plate, and the people make you know deciding the license plate number saw his name, and so the, the numbers on it were 007. Right. <laughs> well, there you go, then. Right. So... um. I don't have a name for this person, but it's Wild Nights Podcast. They okay. they sent us some feedback as well. Hey, Jimmy, I just wanted to reach out because I listened to So What's the Problem and really enjoyed it. Not only was the conversation light and easy to follow between you, um, but you reminded me that I need to rewatch My Girl. So there you go. If, if, <laughs> That's awesome. If we've done one thing right, <laughs> I still to this day say he can't see you without his glasses randomly. Um, and I was really happy to hear that it holds up I've listened to uh, a few other podcasts where they get into movies holding up still and sadly most of them don't anyways I usually stick to comedy podcasts because that's my genre but I was really happy and I popped over and checked you two out keep up the great work so there you go genuine feedback Woo! (laughs) so Jen American Beauty Uh, I have no history with it, watched it once, hated it, watched it second time, hated it. So what's your experience? What's your Wait, history? hold on. When was the first time you watched it? Uh, 2000, when it came out in VHS. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, so after it's yeah. after it's Oscar win. There was a huge push for this movie the summer before it came out. Mm-hmm. I remember I went to Lilith Fair, and, and th- these are probably in storage somewhere, too. Uh, they were handing out temporary tattoos that <laughs> said American Beauty. Oh, dear. Like, I feel like it was one of those mo- weird movies where you're hearing about it, like, literally all over the place first, mm-hmm. like, even before seeing a trailer. So I was intrigued even before I knew what it was about. And I saw it opening weekend, and uh, I really liked it. And then over time, I ended up really loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I actually, I just realized I forgot to talk to my husband. I meant to ask him why he loved it and why he stopped loving it because he was obsessed. Like it was weird. Mm-hmm. He had multiple posters. He had the screenplay. He had multiple copies of VHS. Like I got it, I worked at a video store and I got him a screener of it. And then he had the store bought one. And then, he bought the Blu-ray possibly before he had a Blu-ray player. Mm-hmm. Like for some reason he had a weird obsession with this that he didn't move on from until Moulin Rouge came out. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and it's funny cause you know, when I think of the movie, I think of him, even though he doesn't last night we were watching movies and afterwards I was like, you know, it's weird to me that you used to be obsessed with this. And now you've turned so much that I didn't even think about suggesting it tonight Mm -hmm. because i needed to watch it and he was like yeah i wouldn't have watched it meanwhile (laughs) i became obsessed or not obsessed but it was one of my favorite movies for a long time but i hadn't seen it in over a decade Mm -hmm. and especially like with everything that happened with kevin spacey and then just having you know when i saw it i was 17 so the teens like i always you know always found it gross that kevin space that lester um had a thing for angela But when you're 17, you think of 17 as being older than it is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it didn't creep me out as much. And over the years, I've thought about it. And I was like, between Kevin Spacey and that storyline, maybe I'll hate it. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it'll really, you know, it'll creep me out a Mm -hmm. lot more. And it it creeped me out more, but damn if I don't love this movie still. (laughs) I really, really enjoyed it. I, I really, and I'm sure I'll end up saying it multiple times throughout. But once again... Just acknowledge Kevin Spacey sucks. We don't like him. Any compliments I give him in this podcast has nothing to do with his personal personal life and his crimes. Well, no, I, no, absolutely. But I can't talk about it and not praise him, which is frustrating. Right. No, he he's good in this. See, I was going to put Kevin Spacey as one of my problems. Mm-hmm. Because I did think about it and I was like, well... The whole point of the podcast is um, finding things in the movies that are problematic by today's standards. And by, t- by today's standards, Kevin Spacey is problematic because mm-hmm. we now know about him. And, but then I started watching it, get, getting more into it, and I was like, no, there's a lot more in this that I really fucking hate. <laughs> well, I, I also think that with something as big as this, uh-huh. as Kevin Spacey, when you're dealing with that... It almost feels um, a little trivial to put it as one of our problems. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it is the problem, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that this man got to continue working in Hollywood when this was... It it was one of those things that was known in Hollywood. You know, it 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 was one of those, like, open secrets that he preyed on young men. At, and I'm I'm pretty sure at this point, people in Hollywood even know, he shouldn't have been working. He shouldn't have been doing this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, I mean, I guess in that way, it's technically a problem with the movie, but it just, it just seems like with the little things we often have problems with, this should just be a blanket problem, <laughs> you know, yeah. that doesn't count as one of ours. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I've, I didn't include it anyway, so because, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with you, it's not, it is a problem, it's probably mm-hmm. the, the problem, um, apart from the fucking script, but anyway, uh, <laughs> right, I... I don't get this movie at all because I I understand that it's supposed to be a satire mm-hmm. of some sort, but since I'm not, I don't know. I don't know if you have to be American to really understand it more because I probably I don't have the experience of like living the American way of why you know Lester is so pissed off with everything. Especially when I watched it in two thousand, I you know, I wasn't a middle aged man then. Right now, I'm older than Lester. I get it, and I can answer any of your questions because I, <laughs> especially being his age now and yeah. feeling like the past few years I've been going through somewhat of a midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get the midlife crisis thing, but I just don't. I think it's because I'm not married and don't have a child. Mm. Do you know, I think it's supposed to yeah. be like a satire, a reflection on certain circumstances. And I am not mm-hmm. party to those circumstances. I don't live in that sort of world. Um, but I do understand that this is a really fucking well-made movie. It is mm-hmm. brilliantly directed. A lot of the performances are spot on. Um, just really good. One I hate... And you know who I hate because I messaged you earlier about it, <laughs> and because that fucking performance is atrocious. But the, and there's one that I I enjoyed, like Annette Bering's performance. Mm-hmm. I think I didn't like it as much this time round as I did the first time because now she just seems too over the top at times, yeah. and she seems so cartoony. Yeah, but anyway, it's, it's I can I can. Say that it's a well-made movie. It is. It's a beautiful movie. But I don't think it's a particularly well-written movie. The well, I disagree. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I and I do, I do think there is something to the fact that, like, I mean, the title does say it's. It this is an American movie. Yeah. Like I am sure this movie does not play at all in other countries. Mm-hmm. A lot of other countries. Um, and it's also a movie that I don't think would get made today mm-hmm. because it is about the um, the unhappiness of the middle class or upper middle class mm-hmm. white yeah. family. <laughs> um, it's not that's not what we're talking about these days. Mm-hmm. I mean, politicians are because they have to, mm-hmm. but that's not our concern right now. Yeah. So that I guess you know is technically a problem too. Is just that so much of it is about. I mean, in America, and I know it's like this in a lot of other countries too, but like in America, the American dream, which is changing these days, Mm -hmm. but the American dream is like, you know, you get married, you get a good job, you have kids, you live in a nice house with a white picket fence Mm -hmm. or whatever, and that is supposed to bring you happiness. And this movie is about how that doesn't bring you happiness. (laughs) And, And it's something that... Like, I think that at the time, this started some conversations that I think needed to be had, and maybe not as deeply as they needed to be had, but that we really need to be talking about how that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. 
you don't need to get married. You don't need to have kids. No, of course you not. don't need it. If you're a millennial, the odds of getting a house with a white picket fence are very like even without the fence. The just the big house. That's no, no. I'm one of the rare millennial homeowners. You know, yeah. that's not how it works anymore. And we also are in live in a world now where it's while a lot of people will still judge you, it is more acceptable to admit, oh, my kid doesn't like. I love my kid. Mm-hmm. I enjoy my kid. I do get some happiness, but my my kid doesn't fulfill me. Like my kid doesn't bring me total happiness or my spouse doesn't mm-hmm. bring me total happiness. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how those themes play outside of America. Well, you see, and maybe Canada. <laughs> well, the thing is, see, I understand all that. I do understand what you were mm-hmm. saying there, but I, 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 Jen, I just don't think this is a, this is written very well. I just, there's just so much like, so the dialogue is just so trite and just so fucking look at me, aren't I clever? I can write like sentences like this. Oh look, there's a plastic bag. Woo Oh fuck off. I will defend that I will defend the plastic bag. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. why? <laughs> because before this movie was ever made, there were multiple times I would be sitting outside. <laughs> I remember one specific time in front of the grocery store in my neighborhood, and I would see a plastic bag floating in the wind. Right. And I did the like it's very graceful. Like it's no, it's I've seen it. It's, yeah, we have wind. No, 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 we but, have wind and plastic bags in Scotland. I've seen it. No, there. But there's something about watching a piece of garbage like move that way. I don't know. And it's it's one of those things where like yeah, you're laughing at me, and a lot of people laugh at me, but I have found plenty of people who know exactly what I'm talking about. But I will say if I had never had those moments before I saw this movie, I would have thought it was ridiculous. It's just that I had had the same thoughts before. <laughs> and that's the thing is like Alan Ball wrote it because he once spent, I mean, and this is excessive, but he spent 10 minutes watching a bag float in a parking lot. Because he thought it was beautiful. Yeah, well, we get about fucking ten minutes of it in the movie as well, so that's an exaggeration. I know. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to that like actual problem. No, we haven't. We haven't. Um, so it's it's your turn. What's your first problem? Okay, and you're gonna think this is small, but this is a problem I've always had with the movie. Okay, when it starts, right? He's filming Thor Birch. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about her dad. Mm-hmm. And she refers to him as Geek Boy and Lamo. Mm-hmm. That's bad dialogue. I, I I like most of the dialogue in this movie, but seeing this as a teen who's supposed to be like this who is the same age as she's supposed to be, I just remember thinking, we don't talk like that. No. Another thing that really bothers me and this happened a lot on TV at the same around the same time, is that you'd hear um like a, a teen girl call a guy a stud. Mm-hmm. We don't talk like that. Like ge- geek boy and Lamo. That's dialogue that tells you a grown ass adult wrote this movie. Yeah, a lot of the teen dialogue I do think is realistic because I I knew a lot of assholes as as a teen that talked like that, mm-hmm. especially like Angela. But uh, geek boy and and Lamo, it makes me cringe. It's like I love Juno. Mm-hmm. But the first 20 minutes are hard for me to get through because the dialogue is just too over the top. And it's um, when uh, her friend says, oh, my blog. Mm, yeah. Like, I have a physical reaction. It's the same thing as that. Yeah. So that's my first problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's immediate. It's small, but it's immediate. No, no, it, I understand. It's, 
it's when you when you are so bothered by a line that early you the first time you watch it there's this fear oh god am i gonna be stuck here watching something i hate for two hours which for you would be <laughs> what happens that, uh, but it wasn't with I, me. I was in hell so my first problem is the marketing of this movie is based on the naked body of a 16 year old girl oh the posters are most of the posters are of angela yeah and she's either covered, she's naked and covered in um, rose petals, or it's just mm-hmm. her belly, and you see her belly button and a rose. You know whose hand that is, right? What, in the poster? Yeah. Whose? Christina Hendricks. Oh, is it? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and if it turns out I'm wrong and it was like Bryce Dallas Howard or something. No, I think so it's Christina it. But I'm pretty Hendrix. sure it's, I think it's Christina Hendricks. It's, there's like, it's like them and Jessica Chastain. Chastain yeah, all look yeah, the same, yeah, yeah. but no, no, no. I, I'm sure, I'm sure of it. I think, I think it is because I, I, if you do a search on Google for American Beauty, there's a picture of of uh, her. I can't remember. Okay. Christina Hendricks. Right. There's yes, a picture of Christina Hendricks. I was just trying to think. I was going to say Jessica Chastain because you brought her up, and I was like, no. But all the redheads. I took one of those BuzzFeed quizzes where they show you a ton of pictures of people that supposedly look alike, and like mm-hmm. you have to guess who they are. Mm-hmm. And I took one of those actresses and. I was like, this will be easy. I know these actresses. Mm. I don't get actors confused the way other people do, mm. where like they think they look exactly the same. It was hard. I, <laughs> I got a lot wrong. Yeah. Right. So. But yeah, I never thought about that. I never thought about the fact that the marketing is based on a 16-year-old girl. Yeah, as the naked body of a 16-year-old girl. And the whole, I mean, the kiss between me and the Savari and Kevin Spacey was nominated for Best Kiss at the MTV Movie Awards. I mean, what the fuck is that? You know, it's like, but at least DreamWorks didn't let them show the clip. DreamWorks didn't let MTV show the clip of the kiss. So that's a good thing. They were like, "Eh, no, that's not the fucking point. (laughs) It's not something that should be celebrated. I do wonder how this movie would have played if the actress was younger, because my, if I remember correctly, Kirsten Dunst had maybe been either been offered the role or was like a top contender for Mm -hmm. the role of Angela, but she didn't get it so mm-hmm. she didn't like she just said that she just didn't get the role um she didn't understand it uh she decided not to do it but she would have been probably um 16 or 17 mm-hmm. at the time and if she, if it had been her instead of what 23 24 year old mina savari was she um, was she i thought she was about 20 when she did was she not oh maybe she yeah yeah 20 20 right yeah because she was 20 we did the rage carry too and i think she was about 20 right yeah now. Yeah, um, but if it had been Kirsten Dunst, who definitely looked her mm-hmm. age at the time, mm-hmm. I think it would have played very differently. Yeah. And I think in these kind of roles, it's important. Like, Thora Birch is actually, you know, I think 17, 17 when she yeah. made this. Or, no, 16. 16, yeah, because she's my age and it was filmed in 98. Mm. Um, I appreciate that. I appreciate it when, in a movie like this, when the the teen actors are actually teens. Mm-hmm. Because there is a big difference between 20 and 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mina Savari does look older mm-hmm. in this movie, although that makes sense because her character is someone who would probably try to look a lot older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, I knew so many girls like her. Yeah. Like, like, you know, they're, yeah. you know, they're lying about their virginity and stuff. Yeah. You know, the, the stories they're telling yeah. are big fat yeah. lies. They're still but virgins, you can't but they're still, say yeah. anything. 
And yeah, well, I don't, I don't know if I even would have figured out a friend was a virgin at that point. But like, no, no, I knew but a lot it of happens. Like her. I mean, the, and, no, it does, it does. Angela's really just a plot device in this movie. She's not really a mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. She's bas- she's just there because basically, as soon as he finds out she's a virgin, mm-hmm. that's her away from the plot. Really, it's uh, you know, but that's her. That's her character purpose done. Um, because mm-hmm. now it's all about him being redeemed oddly because he didn't bang a 16 year old yeah so that was my first problem okay what's your second problem it's once again it's not as as big as yours when kevin spacey has heard her talk about how you know he needs to work out or something he's downstairs in the garage and he's he's checking out his reflection in the window Mm. you know looking at his stomach and seeing how out of shape he is Mm. right and he does, he looks out of shape when he's looking at his reflection. When when there's a shot through the window, mm-hmm. where it's not his reflection, you're just looking at him, dude's in shape. Yeah. Like, dude has abs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can't, like, do something about that. I mean, I guess, I guess it makes it more believable that he gets in shape so fast, because this movie can't take place over too much time. No. Um, it's actually really, really hard to tell how much time passes mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. Like, if you told me it was a couple weeks, I'd believe you. If you told me it was several months, I'd mm-hmm. believe you. But he, um, it just, he's not in bad shape. No. No. I need him to look in worse shape. Yeah, no, exactly. He's supposed to be like a middle-aged man who's just let himself mm-hmm. go. Well, and we've, we've been spoiled too, because it's like, look at Steve Rogers. Yeah, look at the, look at people now, Yeah. <laughs> Look at how they make they they make Chris Evans look super little and scrawny, yeah. and then he's super buff. So we've been spoiled a little, but like you can see definition mm-hmm. in his body, yeah. and it just it it took me out of the scene a little. I didn't used to notice things like that, but I really noticed. Right. Time. Okay. So this is the extent of your problems, all right? <laughs> no, I I really enjoyed the movie. <laughs> I really like it. Okay, alrighty. Um, right, well, my second problem is, as I said earlier, I forgot, this is not Kevin Spacey though, but if we're gone by the remit of movies being problematic by today's standards, I think the depiction of the angry, closeted homophobe isn't great. I think, I can't remember the actor's name, is it Frank? Chris Cooper? Chris Co- oh, sorry, oh, the character's the, name, Frank, yeah, Chris Cooper. Character. Um, that's, that's extremely quite sort of odd now. It's it's a trope of the closeted guy who is angry and hates gay people but secretly he's actually gay. Yeah, I, I mean maybe that was clever in 1999 but... <laughs> I mean it, it well it was it was a little more clever then and also it's um a little more subtle like at least they're not like it's it, it comes as kind of a surprise at the end I know. So this morning I was doing some research and I found out a lot of interesting things. First of all, Sam Mendes is a smart man. Like, I appreciate anyone who's making a movie and gets into the editing room and realize the movie is a different mm-hmm. movie because he cut 27 minutes from this film. This is a very different film. There's a whole trial and everything. Mm-hmm. One of the things he cut out was Chris Cooper looking at a picture of him and one of his army buddies. And I guess in the scene you can take from it that he was in love with this army buddy. And in the original script, there was actually a flashback to him. Like this was his lover Mm -hmm. and he died in the war. And Colonel Fitz feels like this was a punishment for his sin. Right. Yeah. 
was was the man dying um and i also read that alan ball and this this is what this isn't how you should judge the movie because none of this is in the movie but it i understand alan ball writing it a little more now because apparently he suspected his father had been Mm -hmm. gay yeah and that it made him sad to think about this like forced life he had that he didn't let himself be who he was which also explains so much of the movie too like the idea of like just along those lines like realizing when you're younger that these adults like that his father or whatever are living lives they don't want to be living yeah. get that i mean i'd like that better if he didn't kill lester in the end yeah why have the the gay man the the closeted gay man be the angry one who murders someone to keep his secret what why do that well, because because the thing is is his like that's the problem, is that at the very end of the movie, it's revealed he's gay, so you're thinking of him as the gay man killing Lester, yeah. right? Whereas, like, honestly, what you see throughout the movie before you know he's gay is it's not, like, being gay isn't necessarily the identif- the identifier for him. It's that it's toxic masculinity. He yes. is a victim of toxic masculinity. And so him killing Lester, that's part of it, like, this being tough and this need to seem tough all the time. Like, there, there's a moment, I forget which scene it is, but there's a moment where... Me personally, like, I get the feeling maybe he's going to apologize to his son for beating him up, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't. And it's because this is a man who can't show any vulnerability whatsoever. And that's the thing is there's like, (laughs) and you have to remember, like, this is another, you know, American thing is it's like constantly reading about people like men who they get rejected by someone or something and they go on a killing spree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, that's how, that's how people react here, is that, like, they're white, straight men, well, or closeted mm-hmm. men, um, that they don't like being rejected, mm-hmm. and they make up for it by showing how tough they are and murdering people. Or they just can't stand the idea of the person that rejected them existing. Yeah, I get all that, but I just don't, still don't like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I understand the points, and I agree with what you're saying, but I still don't like it. It's just not, it's just not for me. I just don't like this film. But, yeah, I tried. Did you? I did. I swear I did. Okay, because you, every time we talked about watching this, you acted. Yeah, no, I pretended, I I made my body give me laryngitis for two weeks, Jen, so I couldn't record. (laughs) Um... Oh, and my friend Scott, he he sat down. He hates this movie, but he knew we were going to watch it. Right. And he sat down and watched it and got so mad at me that he had to watch it. Like, I put a gun to his head. <laughs> and uh, it was hilarious. He, I don't think he was really happy when I was like, yeah, we're, 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 we're not recording for a while because Jimmy's sick. Yeah. I hated he, uh, that. He is pretty bitter. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wanted to. Because we would have been on a different movie today if we if we did it in schedule. Um, because last week we would have done the movie we would be doing next week. And then this week would have been a different movie. But it would have been your pick again. I probably would have been fucking yeah. pissed off again. Right. So <laughs> I'm, <Wow. laughs> I'm going to really find something that you'll hate. For the no, time. you just did. You've just done it. This was it. I'm going to make it worse. Oh, please. Make it worse. Please don't. Right. Okay. Uh, what's your third problem? My third problem, which I think is probably related to your third problem, is I don't know if I have an opinion necessarily about 
Wes Bentley's acting. Right. My my problem is because I don't know if this is him and I don't know I don't know how much of this is him and how much of this is the director. Right. I don't understand his character's mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of that is just based on the scene where he's getting high with Lester. Mm-hmm. And he seems, and maybe it is, maybe it's supposed to be that he's high, mm-hmm. that he acts like this, but he, um, he seems more relaxed and more like a human in that scene. Yeah. Like the way he speaks is a little more natural. It's not perfectly natural, but it's a little more natural. Mm-hmm. And he seems like a robot in so much of the rest of the movie. Yeah, and I don't understand. Does. Is that because of the drugs? Is Is he supposed to be playing the character as like being on some end of the spectrum? exactly we don't like i don't i don't understand what is going on there and if it had been perfectly consistent the whole movie yeah um i would be more accepting of it um it'd be like if we were watching the wizard Mm. and um the kid like did a big monologue in the middle of the movie (laughs) you know (laughs) like i don't it's 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 very inconsistent to me but once again that i mean that could be the actor yeah. But it also that could that also seems like just the director failing too. Yeah, because this the scene that sticks out to me is towards the end where he is telling Angela that she's ugly. Mm-hmm. She says, At least I'm not ugly and he says, Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. You're not a nice person, you're a bad person, Angela. And I'm like, Oh fuck, what's this? I love that part though, because I need someone to tell her because she's mean. No, that's fair enough, but it's not, <laughs> I just wanted to say it. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, she is, though. Uh, but it's just the way he says that. It's like, should that not... Should that scene not have a little bit more sort of oomph to it? Should that have a little bit more gravitas to it? Something a little bit more... Could it not have been Flora Birch saying it? I mean, I understand why it's him that's saying it. But the mm. way he delivers it is just so wooden and monotone. And it's just, it doesn't work for me as a as, as a... As it should, because it's someone saying, Angela, fuck off, you're a bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, it just, yeah, okay, fair enough. Problem number three is Wes Bentley's acting. <laughs> it wasn't going to be, but, um, but yeah. What is. was it going to be? I don't know, I've got a fucking list. <laughs> That's like me, what was the movie where I had, like, Seven or eight things written down. Yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, that was quite recently, oh, that's going to bug me. I know. Oh, maybe it was 16 Candles. I think it was 16 Candles, yeah. Yeah, I think with 16 Candles, I was so afraid of our problems overlapping, yeah. and I had so many problems that's that I just right. kept writing. Yeah. This one, I only wrote two problems down. Yeah. So. But no, where's Bentley's terrible in this? He is. He's really bad in this. And I don't like saying that, because apart from Annette Benning overacting an occasion... The, the rest of the cast are really good. I mean, Angela, you're supposed to not like Angela, and you don't like Angela because Mina Safari's playing her really mm-hmm. well. You're supposed to like the two the two gems mm-hmm. because they're nice gay guys. <laughs> and you do like the two gems. Um, I was quite worried that those... Since I hadn't seen it since 2000, I was sort of worried about the the depiction of the two gems. But the actors... The actors play it well. They're not like stereotypical gay guys. Yeah, it's just it's just two gay guys who are also in the same stuck in the same suburban world yeah. as everybody else. Like they they're no mm-hmm. different 
Um, like they don't have a child or anything, but they are, you know, two guys dressed nice, going to work, mm-hmm. doing the same thing every yep. day. I love Scott Bakula. I, I I love him too. I was worried. I was worried he was. It was going to be over the top, but no, he's good. He's great. I in this. hate Kevin Spacey so much. <laughs> so it was really hard to watch it and see a lot of ways in which I relate to him. Well, you relate to the character. You don't relate to Kevin Spacey. The yeah, I know, but still, right. you know, relating to somebody who looks like Kevin Spacey. Yeah. One thing I can I can I just talk about one thing I that I watched differently yeah. this time. Hmm than before um and i and i once again i have to say yeah adults shouldn't go after teenagers him yeah. lusting after angela is wrong okay now that i've said that um watching it now as someone who is also mm-hmm. having some issues with my mm-hmm. age and my place in life and you know feeling like i did waste mm-hmm. some of my youth i think that he partially mistakes lust for the fact that he is jealous Mm -hmm. because she is young Mm -hmm. and she is vibrant and she has, you know, her future ahead of her. And he Mm -hmm. is not because the whole movie it's, it's not, I remember when I was younger, I felt like so much of it was him lusting after this young woman and wanting to Mm -hmm. like attract this young woman. And now I understand that it's about him just trying to be young which I partially got before, but now I get a lot more. And unfortunately he's projected this onto an inappropriate (laughs) uh, relationship with this girl. Um, And that sucks. And um, I think that that moment where she says she's a virgin, he's really realizing, well, one, she's the things he's jealous of are a lie. Mm -hmm. Like she's her whole personality is a lie, but also that feeling young is different from being young. And there's more of an innocence and an inexperience there. Um, and also just the fact that she's his daughter's age and he re- realizes it's fucking yeah. creepy. Um, which in the original scripts, apparently he had sex with her and I'm really glad they changed it. I don't know. This time I really, f- I feel like I fully understood that her character is basically youth, which changed things for me a little. Unfortunately, it makes it a little easier for me to digest his feelings for her. Right. Although a lot of that, I mean, I know how it ends, but, and it's like, honestly, his, the other part of his sexual attraction to her is just like, he hasn't gotten laid in a long time. Yeah. Like, it's just sexual frustration. It's, he, and I think we do that a lot. Um, There's a thing I, that I struggled with when I was younger that as I've gotten older, I found out that many, many girls Mm -hmm. struggle with. And that is the idea that um, there's a point when you're younger where you question your sexuality a little because of how you feel about other girls, there's a, there's a point where you realize I have a friendship crush on this person. But like when you have those strong feelings for someone, it's really easy to get it confused Mm -hmm. with romance when maybe it's only partially romance or not romance at all. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Is this the only best picture Oscar winner that has the main character wank in the shower? No, in the King's Speech, it, there was a 10-minute long scene. <laughs> See, talking about something that we spoke about in the anniversary episode where we said cunt a lot, mm-hmm. um, the King's Speech, he says fuck a lot in that. Yeah. And it was rated R in America mm-hmm. for... This, the, but it's rated 12 over here. That's because you guys cuss a lot. Yeah, it's not just that. It's because of, it's because of the context of it. It's because it's a ma- it's a man who's stuttering mm-hmm. and he can't help it. 
you know? It's not as though he's just going around swearing at people. It's it's a it's a um inf- affliction that he has. He can't help it. Yeah. So that's why. But then America's like, oh, he said fuck more than once. We'll have to make it an R. Darn tootin'. So have you said you're positive yet? No. Right, what's your positive? It pains me. It pains me. That you can't see the movie. It's... <laughs> No, no, it's, I mean, I can say a general acting, mm-hmm. but it's Kevin Spacey. I mean, I do enjoy right. almost all the performances, but the thing is, um, one of my, I have, for, and I don't know if this is still true, because mm. I haven't really thought about it in years, but I've always said my favorite moment of acting in any movie is that moment where Angela asks him how he is. And he realizes no one has asked him yeah. how he is. And that, and he's really thinking about it in a way that, I mean, if somebody asks you how you're doing, you don't think about it that hard. You can see him thinking about it and being happy and maybe a little surprised to realize that he's good. With He spent this whole movie so miserable and that he's actually gotten to a place, even though his daughter hates him and his wife is cheating on him and he works at a fast food restaurant now like he's happy and so much plays like so much plays on his face without him saying anything Mm -hmm. it's it's an amazing moment and it's it's in that like and the thing is this is the first time i've ever watched that moment and didn't burst into tears because this time it was more complicated because I'm watching it and I'm thinking about how great he is, but I'm also like, fuck you, Kevin Spacey, I hate you. Yeah, but he, he's a talented actor and he's really good it's, in this. It, to me, and I know some people, and I'm not going to look it up again, but you know, some people didn't like that he won Best Actor. That moment right there was worth the award to me. He was so good in that one mo- like he's good throughout the whole movie. That one moment is amazing. And I, I guess I appreciate that a lot because- I think my favorite acting on an ATV show is a similar moment in Gilmore Girls where it's like you see someone's face, you see them reacting to something, mm-hmm. and th- there's a lot there. Because you can say dialogue, but to t- give me so much in a look, mm-hmm. not everyone can do that. No, that's true. And they can't do it that well. Yeah. So unfortunately, my positive, I guess, I guess I shouldn't even say Kevin Spacey or acting. I should just say that one moment because that's what I think of when I think about this. Yeah, I should have said Kevin Spacey was one of my negatives because that would have been quite good if he was a negative (laughs) and a positive. That would have been a first. What's your positive? Uh, Just the direction. Uh, It's a well-made movie and I'd also like the score. I knew you were going to say the score. It's a really good score. It's a really good score. So yeah, there is elements of this movie that I do like. I'm not even going to deny it's like Best Picture win. I'm not. Because it is a very well-directed movie. So there you go. See, I can be positive about stuff I don't like. (laughs) Well, in watching it, I was just like, well, if I was upset that the structure of our podcast is more that we talk about our problems. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, one of the things I love about this movie is it gives you enough material. Like, it gives you themes and things to think about where you could have like some pretty intense, like in-depth conversations, not just about the movie, but what the movie like represents. And there, there's just so much that could come out of a conversation about this movie. Yeah. And I love that. Like that's, um, that happens with things like Heather's and stuff too. Mm. Like some of my favorite movies are movies where it, 
there's plenty to talk about just with what is in the movie, but then it it makes you think beyond the movie and makes you think about real life and makes you think about your experiences. Yeah. And you don't get that with, you know, every movie. Like, I'm not necessarily thinking, like, I relate to some of Thanos's beliefs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not watching uh, Thanos <laughs> or or Captain America or anything and thinking, man, this really makes me think about that one <laughs> situation i was in you know maybe captain marvel a little because she has to deal with some misogyny but (laughs) yeah it's that that's really important to me and i think that's movies like this continue to live on because of Mm -hmm. that yeah um also you you snuck in there a reference to heathers again which seems to Mm be yeah always this, yeah, we'll just call this the Heather's podcast, and we'll just talk about every movie while mentioning <laughs> I, Heather's once. I could do a Heather's podcast. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious how many episodes I could do of a Heather's podcast because I bet it would be way more than you'd think. Yeah, but with that, you could even split it into like um, one episode you talk about the cast and other episodes, or even certain members of the cast, different members of the cast. Then you could talk about the direction, you could talk about the writing, you could talk about the TV show that disappeared without a trace. Stuff like that. Oh, it's out there. It's on that Paramount app. Yeah, over here it's on um, Stars Play, which is an app on um, Amazon uh, Kindle thing. Let's see what our good friend Roger Ebert said about this movie. Oh, I didn't even think to look. Is it wrong for a man in his 40s to lust after a teenage girl? Any honest man understands what a complicated question this is. Wrong morally, certainly, and legally, but as every woman knows, men are born with wiring that goes directly from their eyes to their genitals, bypassing the higher centres of thought. They can disapprove of their thoughts, but they cannot stop themselves from having them. Roger Ebert, ladies and gentlemen, and Jen Seven. <laughs> Jen is angry. <laughs> um, I don't like this. I don't, and I don't like that it seems to be so accepted that men can lust after much younger women. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess I feel like once you're over 25, whatever. I don't yeah. Know. Like, yeah, they're younger, like, but whatever the age difference, like, I may have a problem with the age difference, but it's not as gross to me. But a 17-year-old is a 17... I've seen 17-year-olds. I know what yeah. they look like. She's 60 now, by the way. And I also know a lot of men who are disgusted by mm. that. Like, like, my husband would, like... We've had these conversations, and he's like, I look at someone that young, and I can't imagine Mm -hmm. that. See, the thing is, I think there's, and I've always said this, but I think there's a difference of, certainly if there's a 16-year-old girl, and I thought she was pretty, that's that is different from me lusting after her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I think it's okay to, like, appreciate, you know... If someone's attractive, as long as you're not like, mm-hmm. as long as you're not, if, as long as you don't fancy them, as long as you don't like lust after them, as long as you don't want to bang them, I think it's all right. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, no, no, no. At any age, you can think, oh, that person, that 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 yeah, person they're going to grow up to be pretty. They're yeah. pretty. They're cute. Mm. I and I and I do wonder how often when people um like that thing I was talking about about you know maybe wanting to be friends with someone and like. 
very strongly and confusing that with romantic feelings. I do wonder if people look at someone and think they're Mm -hmm. attractive and just kind of assume based on what we've kind of, what the culture has kind of taught us over the years that if they find someone attractive, that they want to have sex with them. No, see, I thought that for a long time as well. You know, as I've got older and learned more about things, it's like, no, I don't. I just, I just think people are attractive. And I can even admit that mm-hmm. men are attractive, but I don't want to have sex with men. Mm-hmm. The Rock, I look at him and I understand that The Rock is an attractive man. I would never have sex with him. No, he'd probably break in two. I think those kind of muscles are disgusting. Yeah. Get, like, Chris Evans, give me a give me a Chris Evans in, like, another teen movie or something. Yeah, no, Chris Evans is an attractive <laughs> man, but then he sort of goes overboard well, actually, with the, I, the muscles. I say that, but if he was wearing that sweater from Knives Out. Yeah. What there was I pe- would date him. <laughs> People had a weird fascination about that sweater and lives out. I heard a lot of it. He looks really good in the sweater. I know, but he it's got a really hole in it. This is it's no, you know, it's just strange that everybody was fascinated with him. I just remember reading a tweet and I will always remember this tweet. Um I actually watched it last night and thought mm. of this tweet. Um where somebody had been to a preview of it or something. And the woman sitting next to them, like, just when he first shows up in the mm-hmm. movie, she just whispers, sweater. <laughs> and that, like, you, if you looked at the responses to that tweet and that this woman, her reaction was just sweater, everyone mm. knew what she was talking about. And yeah. he's, he's even more likable because he got a sweater just like it for his dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cute. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, yes, I think, and I, I, I have to hope, I have to hope that when someone like Roger Ebert says something mm-hmm. gross like that, mm-hmm. that maybe he's confusing finding someone attractive with yeah. lusting after them. It's not yeah. okay. It's not okay. It's not okay when you're that old. No. It's, it's, it's gross. That's not. Speaking of Chris Evans, he tweeted uh, a, a dick pic. Mm-hmm his own penis and nobody's talking about that anymore but then Janet Jackson whose breast even though her nipple was covered got shown and uh, she's basically not allowed on TV ever again yeah that ruined her career and yeah. Justin Timberlake yeah who was thriving. the one who'd done it yeah it's yeah. his fault I mm-hmm. look <laughs> I'm angry yeah I have a lot of anger in me yeah, I'm aware. And it's because of things like this. I, I and I, I'm angry at myself that it, the stuff with Lester and Angela didn't bother me more. I want it. And that's the problem. That's the problem with TV and movies. And a lot of it is that they cast older actors. Like, because a 16-year-old does look different from a 20-year-old. Right, so, right, so, let's see. See if it was for a Burt who was playing the part instead of Mina Savari, would that bother you more? Because she was 16 at the time. It's like, I, I think that... I don't know. Because mm. she... Thora Birch doesn't look as young as I expected her to. Right. You know? Mm. Although it's always been weird to me. I mean, she should have breast in the movie, and she's really young. Um, And also, it's weird that, that the character wanted to have get breast augmentation to have bigger breasts. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. 
your breasts aren't exactly small. Yeah, I know. I, I remember thinking about that at the time. And I just imagine that it's like, that's the one thing that supposedly like all men care about. Mm, yeah. And she wants to be attractive to men. Like, that's why she uh, is with this psychopath because he's just a guy who's shown interest in her. Yeah. And it's very nice and sweet because he doesn't look at her breasts. He sees her, you know, attractive. So he zooms in on her face and it's lovely mm-hmm. and fuck off. Yeah, he's fucked up. And he's a stalker. He is a stalker. Yeah. We never spoke um, about that, by the way. Don't date someone who secretly films you. Yeah, exactly. It's creepy as fuck. But but I also like, I mean, that's how it is when you're a teen. Like teens often go after go out with the wrong person. Or I, I say teens. Adults do it too. Of course. Because it's the person that is showing them attention at a time mm-hmm. when they desperately need it. Yeah. And it sucks. Right, so next week's movie, Jen. Jen already knows this, so sorry, Milo. Um, she's not finding this out for the first time. But uh, <laughs> we're covering Harry and the Hendersons from 1987, I think. Yes. Um, a John Lithgow movie. And over here it was actually called and the Hendersons, but now it's back to Harry and the Hendersons. So we're covering that next week. Uh, beyond that, we have no clue. Um, so there you go next week will be a surprise because Jen will surprise me with something next week I think I know what it is yeah okay Okay. don't tell me Um, right so as long as it's not there's something about Mary because if you ever pick that I swear you told me I'm not allowed to podcast is over I want to good 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 I want to right now because I actually want to watch it watch it (laughs) no I'm waiting until I can talk you into it no no it's not happening it's never happening. Never, ever, ever. Am I watching that movie ever again? I'm going to somehow find something you hate more and then give you a choice and then you'll have to choose it. Well, you see, there is actually one movie that I despise, that I hate more than anything, that I actually want to cover on this. What? Superman 4. Oh. I despise that movie. It's okay. it's the first movie I saw in the cinema um, and I hate it. Like, with a fiery passion. And, but I want to cover that at some point. Either in a superhero month, comic book month, or in another sequels month, whatever. Yeah, so if you want to send us in some feedback, like uh, Milo and the rest, well, the other person did that. I can't remember the name of the podcast because I've went out the app. Uh, If you want to send us some feedback, then contact at shiftybench.co.uk and shiftybench.co.uk is the website. Where can people follow you online, Jen? Um, I'm at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. I, in theory, have a Party of Five podcast called Closer to Free. Yeah, Harry Henderson's next week, so thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.